we left off two or three weeks ago uh, having did one verse in chapter 3 of Philippians. And so I thought, well, I just might as well read it again as we get involved in it because it's uh, it's been a little while and we haven't uh, <coughs> been able to get very far along. So therefore we ain't got that far to catch up. And Paul says this in chapter 3, verse 1. And, you know, he, he was talking about, we left off talking about Timothy and talking about Epaphroditus. And so that was the, that was the, uh, the, the latter parts of, uh, chapter 2 of, uh, Philippians, uh, Philippians 2. And then Paul wrote this. And he says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So Paul says, there's some things that we need to talk about that, uh, we need to mention continually maybe that, uh, we need to we need to keep in the back of our mind, and uh, so this is the beginning of, of, of chapter three and verse one. And uh, so I'll just go back and look at my notes on one there, and we'll. He says, "Finally, or for the rest of you, and this is the example of Paul." And it goes from chapter 3, verse 1, through the fourth chapter, verse 9, is the example of Paul. And he says, finally, or for the rest of you, my brethren, rejoice, or find joy. Find joy in the Lord. This is the uh, the golden, or the silver thread, I guess if you want to call it that. That runs through Philippians. Find joy in the Lord. To write the same things to you. Uh, and that I told you uh, when I was with you. He said to me it is indeed not grievous. Uh, and grievous there is Okaneros. Um, and means irksome or tiresome or tedious he said but for you it is safe and we went over the verses of scripture Matthew 2nd Corinthians and Galatians there are three places there uh, in, in that study then now this is study uh, 74 that was study 73 uh Wait a minute, 72? No, that was study 73 that we finished up. Okay, this is study 74. And this is the 6th day of January, 
2021. So, see, we've we've been already been quite a good ways in our study of wisdom here, and also Jack Schwartz's interlinear. And so we get into verse two. After looking at this before and kind of regurgitating it a little bit right now. And Paul says this in verse 2. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. And beware of the concision. So here are three things that Paul mentions again that he has talked about with these folks down through the times that he was with them there. And to bring it up again, he says it, it, it's, it's, uh, and not grievous for me at all, but for you to remember it, it might make you safer. And so this is, uh, this is what he's talking about. So, he says, beware there, and beware uh, is, uh, or see to the dogs. And here he's talking about uh, Judaizers. He's talking about people that he has taught and people that have heard him speak. And to realize and to understand that uh, these Judaizers wanted him, wanted them to get back in with the law rather than what Paul was teaching concerning this new understanding that he had about things. And a lot of people look at it, and, and they, they, they look at dogs in Scripture and, and say, well, there was a lot of times that uh, the Jews called the Gentiles dogs. And that's true. And also the Samaritans were called dogs. That's true. And there's different places for different people that talks about these dogs. But the fact is that a dog is a dog. And it's usually a hound. And in these cities or towns where these people live, these dogs didn't have maybe any specific person that was their owner. And so these hounds would get together. And they could be a problem to individuals or even maybe more than one person whenever they they get hungry and they thought they could overtake somebody maybe. But here Paul is talking about Judaizers. He's talking about the people that uh, are saying, oh, you got to keep all the law. You... You don't have to just abstain from blood or abstain from this or that. Uh, you, you, 
you need to teach these people the whole law. And so this was what this was what Paul was talking about here. These people have wanted to, to get to take uh, the people's freedoms away from it, from them, and become again, uh, in fact, doers of the law. And so, uh, but here, as we've gotten up to AD 61 or AD 62, Paul now doesn't look at a Gentile as being a dog. He might have did early on in his life. But now, you know, he is a Gentile. It's kind of so taking on a whole new It takes on a whole new yeah. meaning when you, when you look at this a little bit. Okay. And then it also says, Beware again, or see to, the works of evil workers. And the word evil here is the word kakos in the, in the Greek. Uh, those of or are, are with depravity, the people that are bad in desire and in nature concerning the things of this world. Evil workers. There's always people out there that wants to draw you in to their way of life or their way of doing things regardless of what you believe. And so this is, that's the second part of that. These, uh, who are bad, they look, you know, they look at the bad things as being maybe good. And uh, they look at nature and they, they desire the uh, nature's way of maybe doing things and uh, and realize that uh, uh, they, they want you to be like they are. And lots of times that's kind of how we, that's how we kind of look at each other. Let me get a sip of water because I'm still not over my dry spell. <laughs> and it also says, beware of the concision. And the word concision there is uh, things that people practice with to mutilate themselves or to think maybe they're making themselves more beautiful in a sense. And uh, and generally a lot of this is tied to uh, the religious practices of the day. And back then they was, and when you were in, in pagan land, that could be bad. It's practices or cult relationships and affairs, and it has to do with a bunch of different things with, uh, with the way you, uh, show yourself in public, uh, the, uh, way that, uh, uh, you get, you get these piercings, and in today's 
way of doing things, and I'm supposing even back then that what we call inking is not a new practice, that people were tattooing themselves, doing all kinds of different cuttings and piercings and things running from belly buttons to you know what. And so this is the three categories here that we're talking about. Dogs, able workers, and concision. And so Paul is looking at these things as a group situation. And he's looking at them as none of them are really worthy of anything much. Even circumcision. So it's going to be pretty easy from this point on for him to deny being circumcised as a Jew. And he could call it not much, you know, or not anything much. But boy, there's a lot of verses there that we need to look at. Uh, concerning this in chapter 3 and let's go to verse 2 and it says this verse 2 Jack says see to the dogs see to the evil workers and see to the mutilators see the dogs see the evil workers see the mutilators Okay, now, Jack says the dogs are the Judaizers who dogged Paul through his whole ministry, or hounded, you could say hounded Paul. Almost like a pack of dogs. Yeah, (laughs) that's where we get the word hound from quite often, because, you know, a hound... He's relentless. He's generally <laughs> relentless. He, he doesn't want to give up on anything. And this is the way the Judaizers were. They, if they thought once you belonged in the law, you needed to be there now. Okay. So he dogged Paul throughout his ministry. In the Asian cities, it was common to encounter dogs with no ownership which often formed themselves in packs to harass victims and maintain some sort of livelihood. Now, think about that. Evil workers could be of various kinds. Now, this is getting into the second realm of that. And the multiplications of blackguards, fools, Magicians, malefactors of many kinds have sprinkled the annals of history since the beginning of time. So when you get into this thing, especially with with uh, Baal and the worship of Baal and all this, then here we are. You know, you, you just about ran the whole gamut against God and what he stands for. Let's look at this. The mutilators were of various types. 
those who performed or engaged in useless circumcision. And it says, and Jack says, not the circumcision of the heart, were among those who bore the term. They were also those of various religions who engaged in types of body mutilation and practices of, of this sort. Would the inherent of certain types of body piercings and mutilations today be considered practitioners of the concision? Absolutely, I think. There's no doubt in my mind at all about that. So, I'm hoping I've got all my notes right because it's been a little while. But let's go back and look at some of these uh, these practices. I want to go first off to Leviticus 21.5, page 163. Leviticus 21.5. Let's see if I can find it. It should be. Okay. It should be on page 168. 163. I've got. Okay, 163. 21 5. It says this. Uh, they shall not make baldness upon their head. Neither shall they shave off the corners of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. So that's what we find in Leviticus 21.5. Okay, let's go to Psalms 22. Psalms 22. We'll get there in a minute. I think we will. Let's see. Psalm 22. That's page 740. Okay, we're not quite there yet. Page 740. Okay. <laughs> Psalms 22. 2216. Okay. Psalms 2216. Let's go back to 14. Read. It said, I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot sheared, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Boy, if that doesn't sound like COVID, I don't know what does. 
And it says in 16, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet, that I may tell all my bones, that I look and stare upon me. Okay? So here again is another situation to where we have something quite plain. Let's turn to Matthew. We'll get over here toward the New Testament for a minute and see what we can find over here in Matthew. Matthew 7. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 6. Okay, it says, Give, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Let's look at Mark 8. Mark 8, uh, 15. Now, it said the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had had they any in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet? Neither understand? Have your heart? Yet hardened, having eyes ye see not, and having ears ye hear you not, and do you not remember when I break five loaves among five thousand? How many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they looked at him and said, Twelve. So he said, Okay. Basket Here's a little lesson for you, boys. Here's your situation in Mark. Okay, let's look at Luke 21. Luke 21. We're getting there. Okay, Luke 21, verse 8. Okay, 
And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things first must come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Okay, so that was that was Luke's rendering. So let's look at Romans. Uh, Romans two twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Let's look at starting at 23. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, though breaking the law, dishonoreth thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. For circumcision, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keeps the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by, na by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and the circumcision does transgress the law. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. So that was in Romans. Okay, let's look at Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians eleven. We'll see what Paul says there. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen. For such as are false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work.
Okay. That's sick. Go look at Galatians. Go look at Galatians 5. I knew there was a lot of these uh, things. 5.12. Paul says in 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the, of the cross ceased? I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, we have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay. We're going to look at Ephesians 2.11. Are we still online, right? Yep. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Ephesians 2.11. Let's look at him. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that being in times past Gentiles, in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. And I want to look at Colossians 2.11. Okay, let's see what Colossians 2.11 says. Paul says in 2.9 of Colossians, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you risen with him through the faith of the oper- operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Okay. Now, 
And I've got one more, but I'm going to leave it off because I've got another place I want to go to. And this other place deals with all these things that we've talked about pretty much together tonight. And I want to go back to Second Kings. If I already lost my place. <laughs> I may have. Maybe not. No, I want to go to Second Kings <clears throat> chapter nine. And if I've got time I want to read it all. And sometimes we read things and we look at them and just read them and don't really stop to think about it very much. But this was right after uh, Solomon and Solomon's wisdom and where Solomon had built all these buildings for God. And uh, Jehoabim uh, reigned, and uh, he was, and he knew that he was going to lose uh, part of the Israel, Is, Israelic nation. And we're going to start with 9, verse 1. And Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins and take this box of oil in thy hand and go to Ramoth-Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out there Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him arise up from among his brethren and carry him to an inner chamber. All of a sudden, here we have this taking place. And it says, Then take the box of oil and pour it on his head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and tarry not. <coughs> man. So the young man, even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting. And he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said, Under which of us, under which of all us? And he said, To thee, O captain, to you. 
And he rose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on Jehu's head, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. Okay. So Jezebel uh, was spoken of here. And uh, in, in verse eight, as being one that did exactly everything against the will of God, and back then, if you did bad things, you could be called by your family a Jezebel, meaning in giving this. Name notoriety and Jezebel was uh, was uh, Jehoshaphat. Uh, sister, I suppose. And it said, "For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab." Him that pisses against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. This was where uh, Jezebel come in. Like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel, and they shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. He ran out. Just like he was told to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and he ran out, and he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came forth to the servants, of his Lord, and one said to him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, We know the man and his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. And they hastened and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying that Jehu is king. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now, Joram had kept Ramoth Gilead, and he and all Israel because of Hazel, king of Syria. 
But King Joram was returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazel, the king of Syria. And Jehu said, If it be your mind, then let go forth, none escape out of the city to go to tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, was come down to see Joram. And there stood a watchman on the tower in Jezreel, and he spied the company of Jehu, and he came and he said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman and send to meet them, and let him say, Is it peace? So there went one on horseback to meet him, and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman told, saying, The messenger come to them, but he did not come again. Then he sent out a second on horseback, which came to them and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman told, saying, He came even unto them, and cometh not again. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he driveth fiercely. Now we bought Brother Larry a little beetle, Volkswagen beetle, when he came to Wolf State. And he told me one day, he said, have you ever heard the story of Jehu? And I said, no. He said, well, when I get in that little car, he said, it's kind of like driving the chariot. He said, I do it fiercely. (laughs) Evidently, he did. Okay. And Jerome said, make ready. And his chariot was made ready. And Jerome, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot, and they went out against Jehu and met him in the portion of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace so long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her rich crafts are so many? So, see, they began to realize that was the reason why he had been made king of Israel. And Joram turned his hand and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Joram between his arms. And the arrow went out at his heart and he sunk down in his chariot. And then Jehu 
to Bid, Bidkar, his captain. He said, Take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth of the Jezreelite. For remember how that when I and thou rode together after Ahab his father, the Lord laid his burden upon him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Nahab, Naboth, and the blood of his son, saith the Lord, and I will requite thee in this plat, saith the Lord. Now therefore take and cast him into the plat of ground according to the word of the Lord. But when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house, and Jehu followed him and said, Smite him also in the chariot. And they, they did so at the going up to Gur, which is by Ebleem. And he fled to Medigo and died there. And his servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his sepulcher with his father in the city of David. And in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab began Isaiah to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window. And as Jehu entered in the gate, she said, Had Samurai peace who slew his master? And when he lifted up his face to the windows, to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And these looked out unto him two or three eunuchs. And he said, Throw her down. And so these eunuchs threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. So you see, when he came, she made herself ready and was gonna, gonna take on Jehu. But he didn't follow that, and so when he asked the eunuchs, whose side they were on, they threw her out of the window of the house. Because these eunuchs were young men who had been uh, taken care of sexually early on in their life. And so they could not deal with Jezebel and her uh, passing fancies, if you want to call it that. And so and he said, throw her down. So when they threw her down... Some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, 
Go see now this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. So if you kill someone that belonged to a king, whether it be a son or a daughter, it was your deal, I guess, according to the law of Kamarabi or whoever, that you go and bury that one. And so it says that they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hand. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? That they had to identify her some way. And she was a woman of desire. She was a woman of ill repute. And he said, Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants Elijah to Tishabite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be his dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. But they identified her by the way she had cut her fingernails. Because in those days, when a woman of ill repute was in that kind of business, she would not round off her fingernails, but she would square them off directly. I didn't know anything about this. I'd never heard anything about it until Ann had been down to see her cousin just before we were married. And her cousin gave her a book, and I think it was called True Confession. And Anne's mother would not have let her have that book in the house. So when we moved, it got moved to Atlanta with us. And so I got interested in it, and I read True Confession, believe it or not. And this lady was talking about the way that the women of old would cut their fingernails square across, not as to hurt their man that they were servicing. And I, I thought about that, and I said, well, I, that makes sense. Well, it rocked on, and I didn't give it a whole lot of thought until... maybe 40 years later. I went to see my doctor. And I went in to sign in at Dr. Miller's, and he was, he, he was a good Christian man. 
And he had a black lady working for him. And here was this black lady that had these fingernails really done up, had them squared off. I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, you do your own fingernails? Why do you want to know? I said, well, that's a practice that's went on years and years and hundreds of years before. And I said, that, that's a sexual practice. Now, do you want us to have a little talk with Dr. Miller about this? And I went on in and had my work done. I didn't say anything to Miller's nurse. I didn't say anything to anybody else. And that girl worked in the front office. And, but I had to go back. And I went back a day or two later and she wasn't there. And I asked, I asked Dr. Miller's nurse, I said, what happened to the black girl? She said, she quit the other day when you, when you were in here. She said, she left and didn't ever come back. <laughs> and I said, oh my Lord. <laughs> But I said, she was practicing this art in her job, and these people could come in and see and understand if they knew, if they knew what we just read here in Second Kings chapter 9, that she was in the trade, in the sex trade. And I said, Dr. Miller wouldn't have stood that for a minute. Well, she's gone. I don't know who she was. Didn't know her name. Had never word. I had not seen her before, and I had not seen her since. And so I was explaining to my sister one day we were talking, and she said, well, I go to this person and said he's he does a good job on my hair and stuff but said he's a little queer you know he said he's been wanting to cut my fingernails for me I said how and she explained how and he said let me do this for you he says oh said it, it it'll let your husband know that you're really sexy she said, I've lived with him 45 years. He knows how sexy I am. <laughs> so she said, you can't mean this, can you? I said, well, let's read it. Let's read Second Kings. And we read it. She said, oh, my Lord. I said, that's how easy it is to get involved in the things that you don't know. How much time we got left? That run over? 934, yeah. Huh? That's a little over, 934. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just wind up with that second verse there in the workman's in your linear. Beware of these things. Beware of dogs. 
Beware of evil workers and beware of the concision. Don't get involved in any practice that you don't understand and know because it might send you down the wrong path. Uh, either women or the men. And so we'll just do the wooden verse of Scripture tonight because it was... I felt it very important that we go back and we read that again because I had no idea from the time that I read True Confessions in 1957 and then came up, you know, in, in the 2000s and meet it again face to face. And it was just, I mean, it was just like a newspaper were opened up to me almost, you know, where she was there working on the keyboard and all of it. I just made the statements, not meaning to get her fired or anything. It was just, it was just a conversation. But the fact was, it was a conversation that she knew she had been caught. <laughs> and she knew that I might just spill the beans to my friend, my uh, my uh, doctor that had been my doctor for thirty, forty years, and I knew I knew what he believed. We 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 had talked about it somewhat, and uh, and his his nurse said, "No, that's." She didn't show up more after you was here the other day. I said, well, I guess um, maybe the cause of that, but I didn't I, I didn't get involved in that. I just said, well, that might have been it might have been me that was that he'd gotten involved with it. But it, it was you know, just so in your face. It was just such as in your face as I could not say mm. something about it now, knowing what I know concerning God's Word. And so it goes back to all these things, talking about dogs and evil workers and those that do things to their body that they probably shouldn't do. That's just the way it is. So Paul says, I can talk to you about it. Well, I thought if Paul could talk to them about it, I could talk to you about it here tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. And may God bless you. May we all together keep going in the right direction rather than in the things of the world that we talk about a lot. Thank you again. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your love and understanding. <clears throat> Ask that the Lord will continue to bless me with uh, my health, that I can get back to where I was and do what I need to do around the house a little better than I did. 
because my floor needs mopping. I ain't got nobody to mop my floor. <laughs> God bless, folks. Thank you.